0: Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. So excited to have you here listening in wherever you're listening, whether it be your car, your treadmill, or just taking a walk. Thank you so much for being here and being uh, avid listeners to the show. We have gotten so much feedback recently around people enjoying the topics and the experts and the professionals that we're bringing onto the show. And today is no exception because this is something I think a lot of people don't really talk a lot about, about how to make it successful and how to grow multiple satellite offices in your orthodontic practice or in your practice at all. And do that successfully. And we're going to talk today with Dr. Tanner Cook, who has uh, been down this road. He's going to be able to give us some great insights on that. Before we get to Tanner, just remember, if you are listening to this show uh, more than once, then I feel you have an obligation to tell your friends and families about it, to uh, let your colleagues know, to share the best practices love with them so that they too can listen in, And download and subscribe to the podcast. Again, thank you for being here as members of our audience. And now let's get on with the show. Dr. Cook, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm I'm excited about it. Like I mentioned at the very top of the show, I don't think a lot of people are talking about how to grow the multiple satellite side of things. You know, you usually talk about partnerships and you talk about best practices in the practice, which is great. But you know, you're juggling quite a lot when it comes to multiple satellites, right? That's a lot of logistics
1: it, it is logistics gets uh is definitely a challenge for sure
0: absolutely well we're gonna hear more about that as we do at the top of every show one of the things when we have our guests on no matter if they're an expert or a professional we want to know about you we want to hear your story so i love the orthodontic story or the practice story because members as you know in this this show we have uh lots of different types of listeners chiropractic orthodontist dentist how did you get started how did you choose or how did it choose you to get in the world of orthodontics? Um, orthodontics
1: for me, I grew up in a very rural town. And originally I thought, you know, I want to be the doctor in town, right? I want to be the oh, yeah. the, the local guy that's, that's, that's there. And, you know, I, I pursued medicine, kind of went towards take the MCAT and started trying to figure out what kind of doctor I wanted to be and realized I hated hospitals, didn't want to be around <laughs> sick people, didn't want to do that. And so um, I I was drawn towards dentistry just from just knowing my dentist, he was 82 when I went and shadowed him. And wow! He had a dentist all the way growing up, and was kind of a legend in the town of, of being, you know, he was he was the guy that took care of everybody. My mom used to work for him, you know, so um, he was the family dentist in every sense of the word. And uh, I, I loved that, you know, atmosphere. I went in and visited him, and he just had nothing but wonderful things to say about the profession. And so I pursued dentistry, and during dental school, just fell in love with orthodontics. Um, the ability that we have with kids that are growing and affecting their life in such a positive way. It's so much more than the the technical part that we do. Um, Just making them smile and and delivering the the beautiful results that we have and just gaining their confidence and getting to know them. You know, there's not a lot of professions out there that get to deal with adolescence, you know, and, and and it's something that that we're really passionate about. Um, And just very blessed to be able to work with such a fun group of people.
0: That's really interesting. Uh, uh thought too, right? You get to deal with them really and see the big change in their life. Most of these kids you're seeing, yeah, you know, through that puberty age, right? And where like you see this growth, and I, I know right. we we kind of laugh about it, or when I'm in offices, people will be like, sometimes I can recognize the picture of them when they first came in to where they are now, right? Because they're totally
1: unbelievable. They're yeah. yeah, I mean, you take game one that even doesn't have braces. what they change from, yeah. from twelve to fourteen is just it's just enormous so uh feel yeah. is kind of a small part of that and kind of get to know those kids uh, especially and as their get, siblings come in and things like that i mean it's it's pretty cool
0: well the best thing is is that it's such a quiet easy calm part of your life that you know you don't really go. <laughs> what right. do you no yeah. way man you're yeah. seeing you're no. seeing you all the changes
1: <laughs> that's right that's right and we get all the chaos that goes along with it but that's okay
0: well i love the idea that uh i don't know how how old are you i'm 34 34 so I don't know if Little House on the Prairie was a part of your life but as soon as you started saying I was gonna be the local town doctor I thought of Doc Baker you right then you're like yeah it's not like Doc Baker says it is it's, it's yeah holy. I know
1: that's I was like I want to do that and then you start looking into it you're like you know what I don't want to do that anymore I, I but dentistry has been such a good fit for me and my personality and uh, that's great And I just love just talking to the people talking to the kids I mean it's just kind of it's just something in the mix passionate about exactly exactly that's
0: very cool so then you when you graduated then you went on and you were from oklahoma but now you're not you're in amarillo so so residency
1: in in oklahoma city and uh you know i just i had a an opportunity to to join a practice that's here in amarillo texas Mm. um it's about three four hours from where i grew up so it's not too far away yeah um and it was just a wonderful opportunity it was a uh, Dr. Harwell was, was practicing with his, with his father and his dad was considering retirement. And when I joined on, we worked together for just a little bit and he retired. And so I started practicing with Anthony Harwell. And after a couple of years of that, we joined on as a partner and now it's Harwell and Cook orthodontics. And,
0: you know, we're, I love it. No, that's great. Uh, you know your your point about being able to shadow someone who is eighty years old in in, in dentistry, and I, I it brought me back to you know, Dr. Johnson, who was the stalwart doctor in my little town and the and the desert of California, and his son then became Dr. Johnson too, right? But yeah, it was just like he'd been there forever, and it was he was a staple that everyone yeah. knew, even if you didn't go to dr johnson you knew who dr johnson was yep absolutely there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom that comes along with being able to shadow that i often talk about sometimes you know because you're not taught uh, you being uh, orthodontist and dentist aren't really taught a lot about business side of things inside of school obviously yeah and that sometimes some bad business habits can be passed down but really the other side of that is that there's a lot of wisdom and school of hard knocks that you don't have to go through when you really learn from somebody like that as well
1: oh absolutely yeah I was super blessed to be able to join a practice that um, had a lot of really good things going for it I mean it was a an established practice where you know my my partner now his dad had been there you know for many years before him and and there was kind of a reputation in the community of you know, Dr. Harwell is is the orthodontist in town, right? And so I was very blessed to kind of join onto that. And got a lot of great business experience and joined someone that that really was established and, and had a good thing going. So very fortunate to kind of be
0: part of that. That's awesome. So you became a partner with Dr. Harwell. And then did you already have, when you joined in there, multiple or satellite offices or did you grow into that? There were...
1: So we have five offices. Um, okay. Amarillo is our main location. Um, mm-hmm. Three of the offices had been established before I got there and, and we opened up. Well, so three of the satellite offices, so four offices total. And the the fifth one, the, our office was opening basically as I was joining on.
0: Okay. And so that fifth one is coming on. And then now what were some of the challenges that you experienced getting involved with multiple offices or were there? Uh, the biggest challenge i
1: mean is just logistics it 's trying to figure out you know when you 're going to be there, how often you need to be there, who goes where because' you know there being two of us ours is is truly you know their're satellite offices you know they're they're offices that we're in you know two days a month, four days a month you know and and that's our the busiest office that we have we're the, only there one day a week uh, it. but it 's two hours away and away from our from our hometown um and so I think just the logistics of who goes where, what staff go with you, you know, which TC, you know, what front desk person, you know, people juggling families, you know, everyone's got kids, they got to drop off. And when we go to these offices, we'll leave at, you know, five, six o'clock or six, seven o'clock in the morning, you know, an hour, two hours before clinic starts to to get there to those locations, Um, coordinating all of that. And you have to kind of do it on the fly because, you know, you got a girl that's got a sick kid and you got to go, you know, you're trying to coordinate all that. It, It really takes, it takes a team of people that are willing to, to kind of do that for you.
0: Well, let me ask you this in the, uh, I, my mind goes directly to the interview process. Cause like you said, you've got, it's a big ask
1: to it have is. people travel quite Absolutely. a
0: bit. And so in that interview process, have you ever had the experience of somebody like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And then once it comes down to it, they're like, well, I don't want to travel so much and I want to do that.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and it's interesting. It, depends on their background right people that are coming in that want to be involved with orthodontics that that just kind of want to be a part of of us and our culture and they're they're excited they know we travel they're here um to do what we do man they're all on board um right but in case you'll get somebody that comes in from another orthodontic office and they're like oh you get up at <laughs> you got to be at the office at five forty five. yeah i don't really want to do that and that's yeah. fine right we're not going to push that on anybody but sure you know, our team travels, right? And, and that's kind of, that's kind of part of the part of the gig for us.
0: So what has been uh, just with the, so beyond logistics, are there other challenges that you came up against when trying to grow those practices? Because, you know, you can go out, you can buy a satellite practice, you say, hey, I'm going to go to that office once a month or twice a month or whatever. That's cool. It's, it's an hour away. But there's having a practice and then there's growing a practice.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so there is, I mean, there is a challenge, right? The community that you live in is the community that's going to be your natural tendency to want to sure. spend, your time, spend your energy, you know, be known in that community. And and that's Amarillo for us. And so, you know, our offices that may be an hour away, there is a little bit more effort that's involved in being involved in those communities too. you know, sponsoring those football teams, trying to, you know, we'll do, um, you know, mouth guard days and things like that, trying to make mouth guards for those football teams. We're trying to do, you know, little study groups for the dentists in, in that community and the surrounding communities. Um, things like that where, you know, if you're walking around in a town that's two hours away from, from where we live, you know, if someone mentions orthodontics, you know, our name still kind of comes to mind, even though we don't particularly live there, you know, we'll, we'll have a billboard on the street or we'll have, a, have good signage and things like that, that, you know, show that you know, not only are we just an office in this town, but we care about this community. We want to take care of these people. You know we have scholarships for their graduating high school teams. We have you know things put in place to truly, not just seem involved in the community, but truly be involved in those communities.
0: Well, it sounds like that is such an important, like, if you will, step one of making sure the people that are in those communities know that you care about them, too. You might not be able to be as involved in the sense of day to day. But right. what you are going to do is going to uplift and support that community. So I love that you're doing scholarships for those schools too. I, I gotta say, I, I don't know how many people are listening to this that actually do the scholarships, but for of course the town that they're they're most in, right? Right. And maybe not the neighboring town, or maybe not this way. So then I mean, I gotta ask, like, how do you overcome that objection from people? Well, maybe it is just straight through the fact that you are so so visual, but uh, visible in the area. How do you have, have overcome that objection of like, oh, you're not really from this town, you know? Oh, you're not here enough for us. Oh, we can't get to you, you know, if we have an emergency, stuff like that. We
1: pride ourselves a lot in being getting as much done as we can at each appointment. Right. And so we're, we do a lot of, you know, same day starts. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the offices that we'll have, you know, like I said, we have an office that's two hours away. We have people that drive, you know, we're in a very rural area, obviously, but we have people that will drive another hour beyond that, that are three hours from the main location. I mean, and, and so, yeah. you know, when they come to that office, you know, if they're there and they're ready to get started and, you know, and we use Orthofy as well, you know, so we're trying to make financing possible for them, be convenient for them. Um, you know, we don't want to send them home and, and have them come back on another day if we can get it done that day. And so we usually travel with an extra staff member, um, and to to put braces on. And, and so that's something that that we will we'll do. You know, our goal in these satellite offices is to try to be there, right? Try to make them, you know, have all their appointments at that, at that office. It's not always possible, right? I mean, we don't have an iCat at every, you know, we don't have five iCats. We sure. have one in Amarillo. And so, you know, if we need to get a 3D x-ray or something like that, they may have to come to, to our Amarillo location. Um, but 90% or more of their appointments will be at, at that, at the location that they live in or is the most convenient to them.
0: All right. So I got to ask then is your, uh, so I love this because I'd love that you brought up the same day start idea of, um, look here, I I have to tell doctors all the time, be like, dude, to me it's just logical sense that you're gonna save people time in your normal practice. Right? Forget about satellite projects. Forget about forget about that you're traveling around. The, but that you have somebody who took time off of work to brought their kids out of school. Yeah, I think it's just matter of fact. John Graham says not not offering same day starts is just rude. And I think it's absolutely true, right? No, he's 100% right. So here you have a practice though, a a thing you're putting into practice, I should say, at these satellite offices to say, hey, we want to be able to service you as much as possible. That attitude going into your team members has got to make a ton of sense to them. So my question then comes at your Amarillo practice where you're there more often, do you find that translates quite a bit or are there people like, well, these people can come back. It's easier. So we won't, you know, ask them to do a same day start, even though that's the best no, for everybody. It's,
1: no, it's the culture of our office. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, 60% or, or more of, of the braces that we put on our patients that walked in that day. I mean, it's, wow. it is, it has become what we do. And it, and it did start kind of from a, well, let's make it more convenient. And then we pushed it a little bit. So well, leave, you know, if we're going to do it in Amarillo, we need to be able to do it. In right. those satellite locations, and once we realize that, you know, if we can get it done with, with with there in those locations that have you know smaller offices, you know, smaller staff, smaller you know location, um, you know, we can do it anytime, right? Absolutely, I mean, we can we yeah. can get this done, um, and we've kind of built our culture and built the this team that we have that are. They're excited about it. I mean, they, you know, someone's comes back. You know, you got a little girl, and you tell her she's going to get braces, and you're like, next week, right? That's right, see right? That, that, that yeah. kind of like, ah, but Absolutely. you know, they're like, no, no, we can do it right now, and they're you know, you don't have to sell that, right? That little girl is looking at her mom like, mom,
0: we can. I mean, braces, we can do it today. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and so, and mom already knows. We told her on the phone that it was possible, and so she's like. Okay, you know they—they they know they're ready to go.
0: Well, here's what's very interesting about this is that we hear. So I teach my uh, my TC sales course, right? And my whole focus is to help the TCs actually be salespeople. And that right. it's okay to actually overcome that objection. It's okay to. Put a little bit of of, uh, urgency behind what you're asking them to do because you need to get them to close. That's your job is to close this. It's not to present your job is to close, right? Right. So here what you're doing, what you just said, is that you're actually helping everyone on your team know that this is our main priority. Get braces on if they walked in the door.
1: Yeah. If they're ready to go, we're ready to go
0: it makes sense, right? If, if if I go to get my big screen TV at Best Buy, I don't have to wait a week to get right. it and pick it up. Right. I want to walk home and watch it tonight. It's right. another thing. So um, I often talk about the iTero scanners, right? And mm-hmm. like, man, everybody gets a scan because then everybody can see the end result before they even walk out the door. I think yep. it's a great idea to do that with your team culture. Then that excitement of seeing people happy, seeing people get what they want when they walk through the door, knowing that's just the way you do business, yeah. it's got to translate over to the other satellites as well.
1: It does. It has to. I mean, it has to. It has to be what we do anywhere that's we awesome. go. Yeah.
0: So what would you say has been your greatest success? I mean, obviously the title of this episode is how to grow those multiple satellite offices, growing them. Has Same Day Starts been the best part of your success or uh, the community outreach or making sure you're hiding the right people? What do you feel is the best part of that?
1: I think it all ties together. I think Same Day Starts is, is the is the thing that shows that community that we're, we're here to provide a convenience to them, right? We are not just here to, you know, have your business and, and, and run back to Amarillo and, and, yeah. and do that. Like we are here to truly provide that service to the people of that community, you know, in, in every sense of the word, we want to make it as convenient for them as possible. Um, you know, being involved in all those things is, is enormously important, but you know, doing those same day starts when we started doing that, we had people come in like, okay, you know, we're going to, we got to get the braces. Okay. So when can we come to Amarillo to get that done? And we were like, you know, we need to do a better job of telling them on the phone, you don't right. have to come to Amarillo to get that done. Right. We're doing it. You know, we can do it right now today in this office. And so we started to kind of get that message out there. Right. To where, you know what, if it's a convenience to you guys, you know, you can, you can get started the day of your appointment, right? If doctor recommends treatment, you know, you get started the day of your appointment. Um, and wait, so that, that wait, was wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, if beneficial. you actually tell people what you want, and what you're right. expecting them they're right. going to reject yeah. you right they're going to push back and say you're well, being too pushy
1: right No, it's it's not it's not you know no, no, you're obviously you are know, being sarcastic, right. being but, very sarcastic. You know, yeah it's yeah. it's not a it's not a, a sales pitch right this is a look like this is a service right. that we offer to you guys just yes. like you tell them that we offer braces
0: right we offer yes. putting them we put them on the same day if that works for you if that's convenient for you yep absolutely i think it's a, a, a and i think most people are expecting the non-convenience. They're expecting for it to be more inconvenient for them. And when you can show them, even at the very beginning, like you said on the initial phone call, hey, we value your time. What right. we found is most people don't want to come back multiple times or go all the way to Amarillo. So when you come in and the doctor thinks you're a good candidate, we get you started the same day. Isn't that awesome? Like yeah. to be able to help people see, oh, this is a new way of doing it. It also puts in their brain that you are really there for them. Absolutely. To make things convenient for them. Yep. That, that's, that's the message. Go ahead. No,
1: that, that's the message.
0: Yeah. That's so important. That's so important. Okay. So uh, what are some, uh, do you have any really cool stories? I love to hear like real life example stories of like how being able to have access to you through these other satellites, good stories around that. And, and maybe even from a team member or obviously from a patient as well.
1: Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because you- I, you know, I've been in this office about five years, but you know, when you're in a practice that's been around for you know our, our office, you know, going back to my partner's dad, right. It's been around for yeah. over 40 years. Wow. You know, we are starting to treat, you know, kids and, and in some cases even oh, like yeah. grandkids, grandkids that are treated originally. Yeah. And and it's fun to hear them come back and give their perspective of everything that's going on. Cause you know, they, they remember what it, you know, our were like before. And you're like, you know, not only has, have the braces changed, have the treatment changed, but, but you know, how we, how we operate and how sure. we're trying to, to provide this experience for you guys has changed. And, and it's just fun to hear those people come in and, and talk about how, how amazing, you know, it can be. And, and, you know, and they're talking about how amazing it was then, you know, yeah. cause they were treated by, you know, like with such great care. Um, but they're still able to see the changes and see the the progression and and how everything's done in this field and, and what we're trying to accomplish um, providing, this for them at that time
0: and creating a legacy, right? You're creating a legacy of smiles truly through your community. It's, it's awesome. I love that aspect of it. Okay. So as we know, you know, every business has challenges. Doesn't matter what business you're in whatsoever at this part of the show, we like to really let's dig into maybe a a, a current challenge that you're facing that you're trying to overcome uh, that maybe we can spitball some ideas around. Yeah. You know, it, the
1: first thing that comes to mind, um, would be something that you kind of hinted on earlier, where we were talking about, you know, having getting people that are going to have to travel, right? Trying to have some of these people that you know sometimes getting employees started and getting them rolling and getting them trained when we're doing so much, yeah, um, is hard, right? Because there's a lot going on. Not only do you learn sterilization, but you have learned sterilization in five offices, right? you have to kind of learn how everything goes, and it logistically um, is tough training and getting people kind of up to speed is a, is a challenge for us for sure is a, is a huge challenge.
0: So I'm going to say something I've probably said on this show before. And um, I, I think I'm going to make it like my personal mission for, for docs doesn't matter where your practice is. Again, doesn't matter if you're a chiropractic orthodontist, uh, plastic surgeon, whatever. The, Ability nowadays for us to record what we want people to know and understand is fascinating. Yeah. Okay, I, iPhones, uh, the screen capture software, so many opportunities to actually record stuff. So what I suggest, and I suggest it over and over again, is to literally when you have, do you have any new hires right now? Actually, let's just see. If yeah, it's
1: we good. have we have two right now that are you know inside of thirty days.
0: And and what are they being uh, trained on?
1: Um, We have two that are training right now as treatment assistants and we have two that start next week for the front desk.
0: Okay, perfect. So training assistants, uh, I'm assuming you're taking like one of your best assistants to help train them.
1: Yeah, they kind of tend to wander around and follow people. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we've got people that are trying to show them how to do it.
0: Yeah, and no matter what, productivity from those great people has to drop down because they got to go at now a slower pace to help walk them through and stuff like that. Yeah. So what I would do is I would have one of the two or another person literally follow around with a video camera or their phones and whatever the tr- the, the procedure is they're being trained on, just record that one alone. If maybe it's something that's in the mouth, let's just say you're teaching them how to uh, scan properly, right. Have a, put a GoPro on someone's head, right? Get the okay. GoPro with the GoPro yeah. band, press yeah, record and just watch. And let them see what's going on. And that way you can see what's happening in their eyes, you know, for okay. the person that's doing it now with the, and, and you can do that for every little piece. I, I have a great doctor, Dr. Kors out of Colorado right now, who's doing this a lot. Dr. Luppy's doing it as well, where they're actually spending the time to say what's the procedure, even if there are offices that have like uh, in the drawer, this is the, this is the flow of how we want the things in the drawer from the gloves to the whatever. Yeah. there there can be paper to show that but also just record it because people uh, learn in different modalities right right so to say okay so we have the paper here it says that in the top drawer these three these three things are going to go in middle drawer this is what goes in every single time every night this is the way it needs to be uh, stocked or maybe it's the morning whatever you guys do yeah but you show that on the video you walk right. through it on the video that way now, when Sally comes to you, the new hire, and she says, Hey, you know what? I know you told me where to find that thing, or you asked that. You told me that uh, the answer to that question over here. What was that again? Now she's not coming to you anymore. It's go watch the video. Go yeah. watch the video. Go watch the video. The video never sleeps. It never tires. It's never cranky. It never gossips. It just does what it's told to do. Now, on the phone side of things, same exact thing, right? If somebody's being trained to be your concierge, then you can get screen capture software if you're using Windows-based uh, okay. uh, computers. You've got uh, Camtasia is one. If you're okay. using a, uh, a Mac, uh, yeah. If you're using a Mac, it's a Screenplay. What do you use? A Mac or PC? We use uh, PCs. PCs. So Camtasia is going to be the one that you're. Gonna, if you just do a Google and say Camtasia screen capture, okay. they what it will is actually capture what you're doing on the screen plus if you have a, a webcam, super cheap to get, you can actually see the person training there too, or at least hear their voice. And when you do that, right. you're gonna be able to now say, okay, so let's just say it's how to schedule a new patient exam. Let's just do that It's the easiest. Yeah. Boom, this is what you do, this is where you go, here's what you click, you click on this, you wanna make sure this is filled out, these are the notes the doctor wants to see. Five minutes of doing that, Right. done, export, goes on the file on that computer or somewhere else, to where now the new patient or the new team member watches that. Perfect. It, it, it's re, it's rinse and repeat over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. And and are you you try to edit those, try to make them? Because that's you know like my big I, I hear you say this, and I'm thinking yep. who has time to edit these videos? But you're just making them as if they're just live videos.
0: That's right. It's it's okay. We're going to talk about um, how to how to use the iTero scanner, how to turn it on, and how to get right. things started. Play press record do it do the thing it can be as it's, it's gonna be normal right? it's gonna be real life people right. act a little weirder once the camera's on but once you do two or three people get over it yeah but they'll be able just to walk them through and then they'll be able to see it and watch it and make sure everybody's clear like if you want to get more into it you can have a nice little microphone yeah. that somebody's wearing and stuff but um yeah you just have that now for example uh, you speak about editing uh, every office should have their top 10 to 20 phone calls that they've recorded that they love, right? That teach something that's like the cranky mom or the the emergency or the first time patient. And those are in a file that they get to hear Susie, who's the best at what she does at it, doing it. And they get to now listen to it over and over again. And they get to listen to it at least five times before they get on the phone call for the first time, because now they're already trained. They've heard it over and over and over again. Perfect. And then to test them on it because I believe it's important to test people. Then you actually record their phone call of them doing it and not for you to catch them in something. That's a big mistake. A lot of people make, and that's why people get nervous about recording and stuff. It's so that they can listen back to themselves.
1: Yeah.
0: Here, if they are really listening, if they missed that question, if they answered it fully anyways, that was a long answer trip, but man, I am a huge no, advocate of great. recording.
1: That's perfect. Is there, so we're trying to get, I've been told by by our IT that that we can record phone calls, that that is uh-huh. possible, but we don't uh-huh. quite have it set up yet. So we've got to get that set up.
0: Yeah. Uh, most of your companies can do it. Yeah. Um, it's not that difficult. Look, even if you're, even if you are recording one side of the call at this point for like new hires, for them just to hear okay. how to take it on. Yeah. Um, we, I did this with an office where we literally did a role play and all we did is we said, okay, give us a situation because role, play, role plays are so weird, right? Because people are like, yeah. I don't know what to say and what to make up. Don't make it up. Every one of you has a right called in that day that you could use it as an example. Yeah. So you say to Melissa, Melissa, you're going to play uh, Sue. You have an eight-year-old daughter who is, you know, needs to come in to get her first exam. And Joni, you're going to be answering the phone call and we're going to put it on speaker we have the phone here and we can just actually hear the video or the yeah. audio from the video of that call. Um, but plenty of companies. I think it's uh, Weave is one that, that, you, that does that. Uh, is it Weave yeah. or Wave? Weave, Wave, one of those. I think it's Wave. <laughs> Weave? It's Weave. Weave. Yeah. Wave is a software. Weave is well, the- Wave is a
1: practice management software.
0: Yes. uh, Weave is the one that does the uh, phone calls, yeah. But there's a lot of them out there. Your local guys should be able to do it too and then be able to download those for sure. Uh, Training purposes are amazing to do that.
1: you need to do that.
0: There's a company called, this is for everybody, if everybody heard this, I did actually an interview on this podcast, I want to say probably a month or two ago, uh, Dundesk. And Dundesk is basically a place where you can uh, hold well, first of all, they've done a whole bunch of these trainings already for you, stuff that has to do with practice management, that the video's already done, You and you can track if somebody's actually watched them or not. But you can upload your own videos as well. So all of these videos can be in a portal that when somebody gets a new hire, you're like, hey, go sit in the lunchroom for the next two days, yeah. and your job is to watch these videos before you even come out on the floor. Look, I used to work for Circuit City years ago, like back 25 years ago, and I sold computers. I had no clue about computers this was back when like we got a gigabyte and was the biggest thing in the world right, right? windows whatever that crashed everything right one of those <laughs> and i had to sit in a lunchroom for a week and read manuals and watch vhs videotapes and have to answer questions until i could get on the floor so recording is your friend it's so easy to do nowadays yeah. so sorry that was a much longer answer but anybody listening oh, great record Please record. That's going to be like your onboard. By the way, you could also do this for all of your other processes, right? For everything onboarding. You could do a video. You could sit here in front of the camera like you're doing right now and just do a quick video of, hey, listen, um, so here is our here are our core values. Here's what I want you to know about. How's the best way to approach me? Here's the worst ways to approach me. Do not approach me with a sticky note with a bunch of questions. I always want you to approach me with a solution to the question you're going to have, even if you don't know what's correct. Like, what a great yeah. way to get the team to know how to have a communication with you. No, that's awesome. So, all right. So that being said, um, everybody, like I said, has challenges. So if you're listening to this, whatever your challenge is in that area, just take a nugget of that and move that forward with you. Okay. So now we've come to a place in the show where we ask our six speed round questions. All right. Are you willing? Are you willing to play? I'm ready. Awesome. You've been know. a collector of knowledge. I love that your experience. I think is really helping people out there uh, or can really help people out there with understanding. It really is. I got to tell you, for me, I just want to step back on this a little bit. For me, I do have a lot of offices that talk about their satellites or deal with their satellites, but I don't know. It actually has made me want to go back to them and ask them how they are getting involved in the communities of their satellites, not just their main office. Cause I think that's a really brilliant thing. And I know in your area, you know, football is kind of big, but, uh, <laughs> but like little things like that, that make a huge difference. I think it's really, really important. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. All right. So uh, these are our six questions that are off the top of your head. Just let us know what you're, what you think uh, on any one of these. Number one, okay. what is the number one thing that you wish they taught you back in school?
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, it, I probably would surround HR stuff you know, you know, I'm hiring and firing, but, but, you know, just the, the documentation and all that stuff, um, you know, they try to talk to us about business and they, they made some attempt at least say, you know, oh, good. this is what it should be. But, you know, I never got a profit and loss sheet, right. That, that, didn't, <laughs> that didn't exist in dental school. Um, you know, that would have been helpful, but you know, those are things that, that you can learn, I guess. Yeah. Someone can show you, and I was fortunate enough to be in a practice that kind of had some of that stuff rolling. Sure, um, but I know for me personally, it was you know having to having to document you know all the conversations you have with every employees and kind of what yeah. you're supposed to say and, and how to you know hire somebody, how to onboard somebody. I didn't know, you know I had no experience in, in any of that stuff, so that would have been the
0: most. That's a really interesting point. We had a doc once that we were talking to, who my wife is a female doctor. My wife was actually talking to. her This is a couple years ago. And she was like, Look, we get it. Nobody taught you this in school. And she goes, No, no, no. I've never held a job before. Like, my job <laughs> in school was to go through school and get good grades and go to yeah. college. It's like, I haven't not just had a boss before. I've never had a job before. It's like, right. Oh, yeah. You don't think about that often. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I've had a job, but I was always like, You're going to, you, know, you do this, you go do That's this. Right. You go do this.' There was no thinking for myself. It was right, like, you right. sit down at this desk and do these things.
0: You're performing a task. That's right. right. Yeah. All right. What's a book that you believe every private practice owner should be reading?
1: Um, you know, I just finished uh, Brene Brown's Dare to Lead.
0: Yeah, great. I'm, I'm actually in the middle of it for the second time. That's great. It's an incredible book.
1: She's a very bright, brilliant person. Um, I, I love her idea that leadership is not something that you're born with. It's some, I mean, some people are obviously born in better at than others true. but it's a, it's a skill that you can you can improve on and, and i yep. thought that was a really powerful part of of the book and, and she lays out a lot of really good ways to do it so I'm i not love that i mean perfect but she's she's pretty sharp
0: yeah she's really sharp and i mean fellow texan too i mean that helps you out right a yeah. yeah well yeah, yeah but uh, you know it, it, it's true a lot of people i hear a lot of, i'm just not a leader well yeah strengthen that muscle like no it's great. great by the way i think it's great another tip for everybody i think it's great that you're reading uh a female-centric book in the sense of it's from a female. Yeah. I think uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, Brené Brown, Rachel Hollis, you, all of you doctors, no matter really what the what their modality is, you deal primarily with the female-centric group of uh, employees. Right. Understand what they're thinking, understand what, what is, is uh, effective to them through these authors. I think it's really yeah. smart that you're doing and that. And all the
1: moms too. I mean, I think it ties into 100%. I mean, my whole life is surrounded by, you know, all, you know most of my team right. is women and most of the parents that come in are, are women. Obviously there's some dads in there too, but you know, you talk about the majority.
0: 100%. Female lead. Really, really smart. Well, speaking of books in my book, The Practice Rx, I focus a lot on team culture and team performance as the foundation for business growth. What do you see as the biggest challenge that private practice owners are facing with their teams and their office culture?
1: You know, I, I think for us, it was trying to get people to buy in, you know, get people mm-hmm. to really believe in our vision. Um, I think a lot of that was we weren't, you know, we had, you know, as the doctors, we kind of had the vision in our mind and it was here. And, and, and I didn't think, I, in, in hindsight, in something that we're working on, right, we're always working on but we're really trying to change that and and push our vision out in a way that is visible. Um, and, and we've got a lot of work to do on it. Um, but that's, that's one of the things that just trying to get people to buy into the culture that we have.
0: It's so true. Making it relatable and retellable that people want to go to the happiest place on earth. You know, people want to think different. It's so, so important. So powerful. It's great. Uh, how can listeners reach out to you, by the way? And if they have any questions for you or any way that they want to contact you?
1: Uh, my email is probably the best way. It's tanner at harwellcook.com. That's T-A-N-N-E-R at Harwell harwellcook,
0: dot com. Awesome. Very cool. Well, we'll make sure we put that in the show notes along with the book link as well. All right. Last two questions are, what's the best advice that you've ever received on life or business? Um. Probably something that
1: my dad said. Um, My dad was very fortunate. He was a a professional bass fisherman. Um, And and he did that professionally for 30 years. And that was his full-time job. Um, And so, you know, when someone that's a professional bass fisherman tells you, you know, because he worked behind a desk for 15 years before he quit his job and became that. And he said, you know, he said, look, do something you love. And, you know, it's a very, it's kind of a cliche thing, but that was, that had a pretty profound impact on me. Cause you can look at him, you know, it's pretty easy to say, do what you love, but you know, whenever you've sacrificed everything to go be a professional bass fisherman, you know, he's doing what he loved, right. He loved that. And, and uh, you know, that was one of those things where it, it led the decisions that I made. I mean, every, every time I was trying to decide what I want to do in my career and, and and even what I'm doing now, right. uh, You, you have to love it. You have to be passionate about it. It has to be something that that you really, really do care about. And and that was that was i, I was following the example of, of my father
0: that's awesome uh, so cool and uh, i don't think i've ever met a professional bass fisherman before has he ever been on one of those shows that you see oh, on yeah. the... He was on all those shows no uh, really oh yeah yeah bass fishing hall of fame wow Top 30 yeah.
1: anglers of all time yeah yeah i he remember the real there, deal.
0: there are times when that would come up and be, be like and this back in the day a long time ago but he's like so wow Like there's actually people who do this. I, I, my dad is a huge fish. He loves to fish. I don't understand fishing at all, but I bet, I bet your dad has a lot of thought out wisdom because of all the time on the lake.
1: Absolutely. He was a wise person. It's funny. You know, my, when I met my wife, she was like, Oh, what do your, what do your parents do? And I said, well, my dad's a professional bass fisherman. She didn't know what that was. She goes (laughs) home to her parents and she's like, his dad doesn't have a job. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, he has a job. It's, it's just, he fishes. It's just
0: different. No, it's it's different. a different job. No. That's right. Wow. Okay, very cool. Well, the last question is what's the best resource or tool that you've used to grow your practice? Kali, um,
1: you know, I think OrthoFi has been great. Um, it, I think OrthoFi is, is one of those things that, for the area that we're in, trying to get financing to people uh, that's affordable and something that is convenient is that, you know, their model of what they were trying to achieve flowed right into our vision and what we were trying to offer. Um and, and that was that was a, a really big thing for our practice. I think that would probably be one of the things that jumps to my
0: mind right nice. away. Very cool. Very good. Wow. Well, a ton of information and knowledge, as always. Thank you so much for being a part of the alumni now of uh, the group of great, great professionals who've really given us some great examples and ideas on how they can run their practice. And, you know, it is a struggle to run those multiple practices sometimes and and, and make sure that you are giving all you can at those practices and giving the same type of service and making it consistent. I always say, because I have doctors who will say, you know, how do I Keep the team or the consistency in one office over another, and it, it feels different, right? And it's like, well, if I go to Disneyland in California or Disneyland in Orlando, I have the same right. feeling that I've been there with Walt and all the fun stuff because the magic is the magic. It's really about being intentional and about having that culture there and having people buy in, and that's obviously something that you guys are doing really, really well. At. So, I and I, I would venture to guess too that the goodwill that is brought up from your community is uh, something that makes people want to work in your office and be a part of it because it's a pretty awesome thing. It's, it's a really great thing you're doing there. We're trying. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you again for being a part of the show and sharing with everybody here. Uh, it really meant a lot to us. Thanks, Danner.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, everybody, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Propreneur Podcast and helping us actually deliver the best practices we can to those in your field of practice. As you know, we always ask you the same thing over and over again as do. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please make sure you subscribe. Make sure that you actually tell a friend or a colleague about it because our goal always is to help everyone be more proactive, more productive, and more profitable in all areas of your life and business. We'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.